More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. There is a disturbing trend in the U.S., as you well know, to limit access to books and uh, restrict the scope of teaching black history, for that matter, just teaching truth uh, in our schools. However, black museums are ready and willing and indeed are filling that gap. Bedette Coleman Robinson is the executive director of the Association of African-American Museums. She joins us now to talk about the influx of people coming into these facilities due to these book bans and other civil and ideological unrest in this country today. Bedette Coleman Robinson, good to have you on the program. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. If I can, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing remarkably well, and uh, just uh, <laughs> grateful for this uh, for for this conversation. Let me let me start with this. As one who runs a facility, uh, and is part of a group of peer- persons who obviously run facilities, run institutions that are uh, committed to uh, the prospect of uh, the committed rather to the to the mission. Of, 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 of teaching truth and telling truth and exposing truth. How do you regard, um, how do you process what the country is enduring right now uh, with this turn against teaching truth in classrooms? And then we'll work our way into the conversation specifically about the museums and the, the influx of patrons. Absolutely. You know, uh, Tavis, one, one thing that I can say is this isn't the first time that this has happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our museums have been around since, you know, the 1960s, uh, and maybe even before then, if you start looking at uh, some of the churches um, who were preserving African-American history and culture um, back in the 1800s, and maybe even before then, this isn't the first time that we've been embargoed upon what we're allowed to say and what we're able to say um, to the public. Mm-hmm. But what what we always do is pivot and find um, you know, creative ways to get around it and make sure that the histories are being told, um, one, correctly, mm-hmm. um, and then also ethically, right? Yeah. Um, the, the correctly part I, I, I get. You want, uh, you want the truth to be told um, uh, and, and to be told correctly. Uh, when you say ethically by that, you mean exactly what? When I say ethically, we're looking at things that are happening like on plantation homes, right, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of the plantation homes uh, historically were not able or allowed um, because of their benefactors and things of that nature to actually engage the descendant communities. And now uh, there's an influx of even plantation homes that are making sure that they're doing these uh, re- make, making sure that they're doing their research and their interpretation ethically, which means that they are uh, engaging the descendant communities correctly um, and by guidelines and all of that stuff to make sure that when they are doing the interpretation and the exhibit panels and all the things that the public sees, um, that it's not uh, a whitewash or a watered down of history. Yeah. So t- tell me what role black museums can and, in fact, do play specifically in a moment uh, uh, in a nation where we are uh, steadfastly turning away from the truth about American history? Well, black museums are very unique, where we are always going to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is our mission. Our mission is to make sure that we are always telling the truth. So regardless of if, you know, you come into a museum, and there might not be something that you really want to see, one of our museums, um, like, for instance, let me uh, use the 
Mississippi Civil Rights Museum as uh, an example. Mm. When you walk into that museum, everything is very intentional. You walk in, you get your, uh, you know, your your ticket, um, and you get two tickets. You get a ticket to the Mississippi Civil Rights Center, but the Civil Rights Museum. But then you also get one for the uh, the whole uh, history of Mississippi, which takes you through indigenous populations all the way up to you know present day. Mm-hmm. But you are facing Tavis immediately the Civil Rights Museum. You can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. You walk into the building, you're f- facing the museum, and as you walk through, everything is intentional to make sure that you understand um, and that people understand what happened in Mississippi, what African-Americans have done in Mississippi to make sure that we have liberties today, and then also what they're enduring even to this day. And then also some of the benefactors, like what are we um, able to uh, reimagine because of, you know, the things that everybody did in the civil rights movement. So those are the things that, and that's just one of our museums, but all of our museums start off telling the truth. Um, And even if they have benefactors or, you know, donors or, you know, they're part of um, a state institution, they still make sure that they're telling the truth because our museums are a little different than K through 12. Right. Yeah. Not naive in asking this question. uh, And I was pleased to see uh, the data and the story about the influx uh, that black museums are experiencing. So essentially, these so-called leaders, these conservative leaders, these Republican leaders start trying to ban books. They start uh, trying to uh, to disenfranchise teachers from from teaching the truth. And now we see longer lines at black museums, black museums bracing for big crowds. Yeah. So what they're, what they're trying to stop is actually just happening at another space, in another place. Yep. What, 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 what do you make of that reality? I, I laugh because it's just really what the country is showing and then just what people are showing that everybody wants the truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think about when, you know, even when I was coming up through K through 12, there were things that we were not taught. Some of it was because it wasn't old enough to be in the book yet. But mm-hmm. then you have like just regular basic things like I didn't learn about Banneker Douglas growing up, right? Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I didn't get to that until I got to college. Um, so things like that, people really are just like, you know what, no longer. And especially, you know, Tavis, the other thing that we have is people have information at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, you had to sit at a computer, wait for AOL to dial up um, and <laughs> all of the things in order to get to the information. But now you have it at your fingertips and you can say, um, you know, and the public is saying, well, it doesn't matter what you're doing K through 12 or what you're banning. I'm going to make sure that my child um, finds out the real story of American history in their respective communities. And not just that. Parents are snatching their kids and taking them on road trips. Mm -hmm. So remember, back in the day, everybody was taking their kids um, to different beaches, you know, uh, different segregated beaches. Now it's like, okay, well, now we're going on a a full tour of cultural history, and you are going to learn African-American history and culture. And I think that that's not just African-Americans saying, you know, this is empowering African-Americans to make sure that their stories are told and preserved and all that. But I'm also seeing this through several other communities of Americans making sure that they are uh, whatever is being banned in the class. Um, it's kind of like, you know, waving your finger at, you know, the the lawmakers and saying, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. There are two questions I want to ask when we come forward. Let me tee them up now and I'll get your, your response on the other side. Um, one is I am curious um, uh, to get, um, 
a short speech from you, if you will, uh, on the state of African-American museums in this country. You are the executive director of the Association of African-American Museums. And if I were to pass you the mic, which I will when we come forward and ask you, uh, like the president does every every year, uh, the State of the Union address, ask you to give me a state of African-American museums address. What would you say about the state of our black museums across the country? Number one. And number two, um, to the point you made moments ago, I am curious as to whether or not uh, we are seeing some good white folk in these long lines um, at these black museums. I ask that in part because after the murder of George Floyd, um, uh, we saw a whole bunch. At one point, I recall five or six black books that were all on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, obviously, uh, Ibram Kendi's book uh, was, uh, was at the top of that list, but there are all kinds of books uh, written by black scholars that all of a sudden jumped on the bestseller list. It, it was encouraging in the sense that at least um, uh, folk outside of our community, uh, if they didn't really want to embrace us uh, fully in our humanity and dignity, at least they wanted to read about, <laughs> at least they wanted to read about our struggles and about our journey. So all these uh, these black books or books about black folk and our journey popped up on the New York Times bestseller list after the murder of George Floyd. So in this moment, when we're turning against teaching the truth and these lines are getting longer at black museums, I celebrate that as you brace for these bigger crowds. Uh, are there white folk in these lines? Uh, those two things and a bit more when we come forward with our guest, Vedette Coleman Robinson on Tavis Smiley. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is the Tavis Smiley Show. Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley in conversation with Vedette Coleman Robinson, executive director of the Association of African American Museums. All right, Vedette, the microphone is yours. Give me your your short speech on the state of African American (laughs) museums in America. Well, well, thank you um, for saying for you know giving me a precursor and saying your short speech. I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, when I think about our black museums, we are on the, you know, we're just on the cusp of making sure that um, our dreams are being realized. Um, all of our founders who said, you know, we want you to protect, interpret, and preserve our history, um, our, all of our museums are doing it the right way. Um, many of our museums are hitting, you know, like I said, 50, 60, 70 years old. Um, today, I was just I'm at the Banneker Douglas Museum in Annapolis, Maryland, where Westmore, uh, Governor Westmore spoke. Um, and they kicked off, uh, you know, six, the 60th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act. We have so much to uh, celebrate. Um, and I am just really, really proud of the work that we've been doing thus far. And I know that, you know, it's like one of those, the old adage, like, look at how far we've come, but we have so much further to go when we're mm-hmm. talking about the first African-American governor (laughs) in the state of, you know, Maryland, it's like we're still celebrating first, Tavis. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that our museums are able to make sure that that, those stories are being preserved. Yep. You know, I I said on this program some time ago, I I am ambivalent about that as one who has, uh, with humility, um, been an African-American first in a variety of spaces, the first Mm African-American to host his own show on NPR, the first African-American to host his own show weekdays on on PBS, and first African-American to put a black book at number one on the New York Times list with the covenant with black America. Come on, come on, Tavis. I've had my my share. (laughs) I'm grateful, and I'm I'm, I'm humbled by those opportunities. I I know what that feels like. I raise that not not to pump myself up, but to say, that even though I've experienced it, I, I get concerned 
uh, about these African-American first, because on the one hand, to your point, Vidette, they are certainly worth celebrating. No question about that. But to your other point, it reminds us of all the spaces and places out of which we have been left, the spaces and the opportunities exactly. we've been denied that we're just now experiencing in 2023. Uh, you you have sp- spoken that very eloquently. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's ex- that's exactly you know what it is, and you know do pump yourself up, do because if you don't, who is right? Nope, no, um, I'm just a huge advocate of it. I know that you're very modest, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I just no I, I, No, I love these. I love that these museums are here. Um, to to uh to to not just um uh, cover this history, but to make sure that it is, to your point, protected and preserved and shared for years to come. Because, again, West being elected governor in Maryland is a big deal. Um, so, again, I, I, I don't want to in any way tamp down um, uh, the jubilation, uh, whether it's Westmore or Katanji Brown Jackson. I mean, these things are Barack Obama, anybody. These things are certainly worth celebrating. Again, it just I'm ambivalent about it because it just reminds me of all the ways we've been denied opportunities, not because we couldn't do it, because oftentimes uh, they were just uh, perhaps afraid of taking certain things over. I, I, I close on this point right quick. Uh, the great Jesse Jackson uh, often reminds me that Jackie Roosevelt Robinson wasn't the first Negro who could play baseball with the white boys. He was the first one they gave the opportunity. I digress. Our remaining moments with Vedette Coleman Robinson when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Just a few minutes left uh, with uh, Vedette uh, Coleman Robinson, the executive director of the Association of African American Museums. Uh, Vedette, I, I, I raised this question earlier. Uh, we had two things I wanted to get to. We covered one, didn't get to the other. So let me do the other in the time I have left here. Um, I mentioned um, that after the uh, tragic uh, murder of George Floyd, um, we saw um, our white brothers and sisters uh, trying to come to terms with what that meant. Uh, and we saw all these books by black authors, black scholars just pop up on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I recall at one point there were four, five, six books. I've never seen that in my mm-hmm. career. And I've written, what, 23, 24 books myself. But I've never mm-hmm. seen that many black books on the bestseller list all at one time. At least the good white folk were trying to read, trying to get a better understanding of what this <laughs> moment was all about. So I'm curious as to whether right. or not in this particular moment, uh, those long lines that we are now seeing, this influx that we are seeing in black museums as these so-called uh, conservative leaders uh, ban books and uh, want to uh, disenfranchise teachers again from from teaching the truth. Uh, are, are there white folk in these lines? Are, you, are these just black folk? It's everybody. Okay. Everybody. Every color, cream, <laughs> everything that you can think of. But what I've also noticed is there is an influx of of uh, Caucasian civil rights leaders in the lines and then also doing their own books, also giving their own talks, mm. making it so that they're not, yeah, like John Trumpeter, I mean, Trumper, uh, uh, Mulholland, mm-hmm. um, she and her, her son are going on tours around the country with her book. He has a book as well. There's uh, Dr. Robbie Luckett, who's at Jackson State University, who wrote about uh, the Freedom Riders and, you know, everything that they went through in Mississippi. You know, I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, you know, our allies are out there. Also, there's, you know, what I, I just spoke to a woman 
who um, is from New Jersey, and she just said, look, I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. Every time I look up, they're banning something. I'm taking my kids on a trip. So she took her her kids to um, African-American cemeteries mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey, which to me is phenomenal. Uh, they And her kids have to, had to do research on some of the U.S. color troops that are in the cemeteries. Um, she had them in the stacks learning about them, uh, you know, as far as, like, primary sources were concerned. Um, and then she also took them to, you know, like, the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, as well as uh, the U.S. Civil Rights, I mean, the U.S. Color Trips Museum, um, also in D.C. So while she was there, she just did a tour yeah. for her, her children, and she said that this is enough. This is absolutely enough. And I think that we're going to wind up seeing <laughs> this is another, this is a whole different topic for another podcast that you're going to have one day um, about, well, that you already done it, about homeschooling. Yeah. Right? Like nope, sure. what happens when you're tired of the curriculum and then you, you take it into your own hands. No question. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, there was a fascinating piece uh, written some days ago in USA Today, uh, which is why I wanted to talk to Vedette. Uh, the piece was called Black History Museums See More Visitors as Lawmakers Ban Books. You can find that story at usatoday.com. Black History Museums See More Visitors as Lawmakers Ban Books. And so uh, I am pleased to have had this time with Vedette Coleman-Robinson, who is the Executive Director of the Association of African American Museums. And we celebrate. We'll take it in where we can get it. Uh, long lines are always a good <laughs> thing at black museums and so if, if it's driving folk into these museums i celebrate that and i celebrate the work of all these great black museums across the country but that thanks for your work and witness good to have you on the program all the best to you oh thank you and thank you for having me good to have you on our program